You're listening to Live with Lija every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. I go live over on my YouTube channel. But I get that some of you are busy. You don't have time for a 40-minute YouTube video. So I've created this podcast so you can take me with you wherever you go. Please enjoy and don't forget to leave a review to give me a little extra lovin' and help the algorithms out. Thanks so much for listening. Please enjoy. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Huh? How's it going, everyone? Hope you had a lovely day. Let me know if my mic's not working because I thought I saw something. One of the settings maybe was off. Just uh, give me a thumbs up if everything's good. Also, my hair is... I just washed my hair. Okay, here's the glorious thing about this fucking haircut. When my hair was down to here, I was putting in oils. I was putting in hair creams and and stuff where I was like trying my darndest to keep it as moisturized as possible because I was just clinging to those ends um, for dear life. Now I got up this morning and just washed my hair willy-nilly. Should I be using a hair mask still? Yes. But once in a while a girl's just in a hurry and I just washed my hair real quick. Took me like five minutes. Oh yeah, the, the new volume, I'm trying to keep it, like, bigger. Um, I've always loved Beyonce's hair in the Flawless music video. The girls, like, get it, get it. Um, I've always been obsessed with that bob. So we're, we're going for that level of volume. Um, I hope you're having a lovely Thursday. I'm having a bit of a rushed Thursday, if I'm being perfectly frank. Uh, This whole driving my dog across town every morning and then driving back across town to pick her up, uh, it takes, it's an extra hour, hour and a half out of my day um, that I'm still getting used to. But she's been going to to, to doggy boot camp, in case you're new. Um, She's doing great. She's learning so many things. She's starting to get sit and down right. She would always get them confused. Um, She's getting a lot better at that. She's getting good at like waiting when I tell her to wait. She's getting good at um, we're we're doing like a boundary where we say back and she can't come across a specific line until I tell her she can. Um, 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 We're working on watch me where I say watch me and she like looks me in the eye. So when I need to get her attention where she's doing great she's so smart today she seemed a little low energy so i'm kind of worried about her i don't know if she's maybe just sick of all this learning and she's like why do i got to keep going back to this place where they tell me to do things um but she she seems happy whenever i pick her up and she gets so much human one-on-one interaction and she loves it so she's doing great she's doing great oh Thank you so much for the super chats. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like this is a pretty universally flattering hairstyle. I was a little nervous at first. because I was like, oh, I have a round face. I don't know, but I'm into it and it's super easy. So highly recommend. 
Highly recommend. Okay. So like I said, a bit, a bit short on time right now, lately these days. So I am flying a little bit by the seat of my pants when it comes to today's headlines and topics, but I'm excited to talk about them because I think that they are interesting and I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. So um, let's just uh, start off strong. So Indiana, the state, the state AG, Attorney General, has sued TikTok for alleged security and child safety violations. I made a whole video all about TikTok back when Trump was threatening to ban it, back when it was like, don't delete it from your phone because you're not going to be able to get access to it in the app store like back then. Yeah, I made a video then. It was like one of my first videos on this channel. So if you want to go watch it, you could, but <laughs> I don't promise much. Uh, and so this has kind of been an ongoing issue because TikTok is owned by a Chinese company. Chinese laws around data privacy and security, questionable, not much transparency there. People are scared that the Chinese government is getting data on American users and they could then use that to like overthrow an election or control what we do or all sorts of things people are afraid of. Um, so this is just kind of the latest in a series of investigations into TikTok. Um, so the state AG is making two separate claims, one for consumer fraud and one for child safety violations and targeting minors. Um, so this was Wednesday, yesterday. Um, he's suing them for deceiving users about China's access to their data and for exposing children to mature content. It's the first state lawsuit against the popular video service lawsuits. It's two separate lawsuits against TikTok. Uh, the attorney general in Indiana is named Todd Rokita. He looks like this, which exactly seems like the type of dude who I would think would want to get rid of TikTok. Um, he claimed that TikTok, which is owned by Chinese company ByteDance, violated state consumer protection laws by failing to disclose the Chinese government's ability to tap sensitive consumer information. His office said in a separate complaint that TikTok deceived young users and their parents with its age rating of 12 plus in Apple's and Google's app stores, when in fact inappropriate sexual and substance related content can be easily found and are pushed by the company to children using the app, which is interesting. I don't know if any of you have kids that are of an age where they are using TikTok, I would be fascinated to hear, do you monitor what TikTok they're consuming? Uh, do you know what they're consuming? Does it look different for someone who's under 18 than for someone who's over 18? Um, I don't know exactly what protections they have in place. According to the, the, the Indiana AG, none, none. They're claiming they have, and then they're actually, they don't. So in Indiana is seeking penalties of up to $5,000 per violation and has asked a state superior court to order TikTok to stop false and misleading claims about its handling of data and to stop marketing itself as an app appropriate for young teenagers, saying TikTok is a wolf in sheep's clothing. I don't know that I'd say that. I don't know that I'd say TikTok has ever been in sheep's clothing. We've all known it for what it is. It's just a cesspool of content that's rotting our brains and we fucking love it. Maybe I can't speak for everyone. I do. Oh, Todd, what are we doing? The Biden administration has also been locked in negotiation with TikToks for months over national security concerns related to the app's data collection and potential data transfers to China. Both Republicans and Democrats have called for a ban of the app. 
several states have opened investigations into TikTok over privacy and national security violations. And the Transportation Security Administration, military arms, and three states have banned the app's use on official devices, which, like, that's fair. That's fair. I don't, yeah, I'm fine with, like, the Transportation Security Administration people not being able to use TikTok on their company phone. I'm fine with that. I think that makes sense. If we're really concerned about national security issues, <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot to be said about national security and access to just like a large, huge swath of American data. Um, but especially, let's just at least not put it on government <laughs> phones. <laughs> Uh, elsewhere, and British regulators warned TikTok in September that it could face up to $29 million in fines for violating new laws protecting children's privacy. The European Commission has also opened investigation into TikTok for allegedly sending the data of EU citizens to the Chinese government and for targeting ads to minors. There's a lot of laws in place protecting minors and what you can show and target to minors on the Internet. TikTok has pointed to its offices in Los Angeles and Singapore as proof of its independence and has said that the Chinese government has never tried to access data of U.S. users. The company spent more than $4.2 million in the first three quarters of this year lobbying lawmakers and the White House to fend off growing scrutiny. So TikTok's doing its darndest to get people on the ground in Washington and be like, no, we're good. We're fine. We're good. It's fine. <clears throat> it's fine. And Indiana's attorney general said that any assurances given by TikTok aren't credible because Chinese law gives the government the authority to demand data from a U.S. affiliate, meaning like even if the ser there are servers located in L.A. or Singapore or, or offices or whatever, the company is ultimately owned by a Chinese company and Chinese law gives the Chinese government the authority to demand data from even its U.S. affiliates according to Indiana's attorney general. I do not know this to be true or not. TikTok has promised to eventually, eventually delete all protected data of U.S. users from TikTok systems, but this lawsuit from Indiana said that it was not clear what qualified as protective data, and then I would also want to know what qualified as eventually. Seems like a pretty flimsy promise. So that's the current state of uh, fears of TikTok. Um I love TikTok. I spend most of when I am on social media, most of my time is on TikTok. Uh, that being said, I, okay, I think it's pretty much the same for all ages. Does TikTok even have parental controls? I don't know, but I assume not, but they are claiming apparently that they do at least internally filter what types of content is sent to underage kids. <clears throat> I don't, I don't really know. I mean, if, if it is a Chinese company, but if they're, they're operating in the United States, in the state of Indiana, and it is found that they violated Indiana laws, then they do have to answer to that. Because if you're a business... And you avail yourself of a state by doing business in that state, you are subject to that state's laws. And I'm sure TikTok would have arguments against that, but. Yeah, Chinese game. I mean, the, the amount of data that China has the opportunity to gather on us. TikTok is certainly the largest arbiter of it, but there are other funnels, though. <clears throat> Mm 
Brain rotting is a brain rotting was one of my top coping mechanisms during during COVID, either via TikTok or via just oh copious amounts of wine. Um okay. Small human wrangler here. I have not noticed any particular vetting, but we've curated his feed to where he doesn't see stuff. That's good. I'm glad you're at least able to do that. According to Colin, if you hit, if you compare the privacy policy to other social media companies, you probably won't want to hit accept. Let's see. Let's see. What else we got? <laughs> Nothing but love and 50% porn, 50% protest here. So I believe I saw Nick's announce there sober. Is that right? Congratulations. I certainly have cut way back and feel much better. Um, do we have t-shirts yet? For the 50% porn, 50% protest? Not yet. I should probably get on that. I should probably get on that merch. Let's see. Just catching up with all your comments. All your comments. Yeah, for the longest time, I would just send my partner a TikTok URLs and he would have to watch it just on the web version. But he finally, he finally caved and now he's a TikTok devotee just like me. All right. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, okay. Foreign foreign governments have caused plenty of chaos on other social media platforms without owning or controlling the platforms. Yeah. If if we if we got rid of TikTok, they'd find other ways. And a lot of people would be upset because I saw, I don't know if it was here in this article or somewhere where it's estimated that up to a hundred million people in the United States use TikTok, which is a third. <laughs> Almost a third of us. So Yikes. Okay. Um, that's that on TikTok. Okay. The next uh, techie thing I wanted to talk about, ChatGPT. If you've been on TikTok or Twitter, um, you probably you probably heard about it. If not, let me fill you in. Um, it's a new chat bot from a company called OpenAI. Um, it is the same company that created Dolly. If you'll remember, that's the, that website and, or app where you could just ask it to create an image. And it would create something usually kind of terrifying like this. This is what it created when it was asked. A distributed linguistic super brain that takes the form of an AI chatbot. So this is its own self-portrait, basically. Hate it. Um, so ChatGTP is quite simply, according to this article, the best artificial intelligence chatbot ever released to the general public, built by OpenAI, same company responsible for GPT-3 and Dolly 2. Um, ChatGPT, that stands for Genera Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. In five days, more than a million people signed up to test it, including myself. This guy tweeted, ChatGPT is one of those rare moments in technology where you see a glimmer of how everything is going to be different going forward. 
So a lot of people are hailing this as like a moment in time that's like, oh, fuck, like AI is here and it's getting smart. It's actually able to do shit now. Um... Yeah, like this article says, for most of the past decade, AI chatbots have been terrible. Impressive only if you cherry pick the bot's best responses and throw out the rest. Um, and, in, and in recent years, a few AI tools have gotten good at doing narrow and well-defined tasks like writing marketing copy, but they still tend to fail when taken outside of their comfort zones, um, which I believe to be true. I have um, actually very recently been experimenting with using AI to write like blog posts and things like that. Um, because the content's king and listen, we're all slave to it. So, um, I've been using, um, oh, what is it called? Jasper. Jasper.ai, um, which is supposed to be like the best of the best in the industry of like a company you can pay money to, to use its AI software. And it has all sorts of different like prompts and, and recipes and things that like you can use to write blog posts, marketing copy, emails, website copy, like anything you need written, it can write. Um, but it is limited in that, like, if you try to ask it to give you historical information, facts and figures, things like that, it struggles. Um, it also cuts off around 2019, at least in Jasper.ai's case, cuts off around 2019. So if you're trying to write any about anything that came out past 2019, you have to like feed it the content and the information first, and then it'll spit it out. Um, <clears throat> so this is better than that. This chat GPT is better than that. It's smarter. It's weirder. It's more flexible. It can write jokes, working computer code, college level essays. It can guess at medical diagnoses, create text-based Harry Potter games, and explain scientific concepts at multiple levels of difficulty. Okay. So then I started just clicking around. Um, this was posted by a professor who said, I messed around with OpenAI's new chatbot today, like the rest of the internet, and my mind is legit blown. I asked it three questions, which I might ask in my midterm in an undergrad social media and society class, and all the answers were good. So this is how it works. You just type in something like she wrote, explain the concept of context collapse. And then it spits this out very quickly. Context collapse is a term that is used to describe the phenomenon that occurs when an individual's various social media accounts, online interactions, and other forms of communication are all brought together in a single online space. This can result in a loss of context for the, like a robot wrote that. Um, so a lot of people are being are saying like this is going to revolutionize education, especially because you can just put something in and it'll spit out a five paragraph essay about whatever you want it to. Um, and it's good. Like it's well done. OK. And I. For for all of your sakes, decided to test it out because I was like, OK, I know that the AI I've tried in the past is shit at writing about historical facts and the law, which is why I've tried it out, because I've been like, if I could get a bot to write my YouTube scripts, my life would be a lot easier. Um, obviously, I would fact check everything and insert my own opinions. But I was like, if I could get a bot to write the meat of it, that would be amazing. And I've tried it out and it sucks. And you can't trust anything that comes out of it at, in, in terms of facts. Um, this, however, pretty good. So my next video, spoiler alert, my next video 
Um, I've been seeing a lot of people talking about how thin is back in, you know, like heroin chic from the 90s. You're seeing a lot of runway models are getting really, really thin. Kim Kardashian may or may not have removed her BBL or at the very least has lost a lot of weight. Like all these trends are showing that thin is coming back in. And I'm like, oh, no, that seems bad. So I'm doing a bunch of research about just like the history of weight loss trends in America, but also the lawsuits that have resulted from these things because weight loss pills have been really dangerous in the past and there are still so many issues with the weight loss industry but it's still a multi-billion dollar industry that we all buy into and not all of us obviously like but like we have like when I was a teen I bought fucking slim fast because I thought I was chubby like it's so fucked anyway so I've been doing research into all of that and my other AI program when I tried to get it to write anything was just like I don't trust a word you're saying <laughs> I don't know that any of this is true. Um, so I tried it here. I said, write a history of diet pills in the weight loss industry in the 20th century United States. And listen, it wrote me like a six paragraph essay that's well written and hits the vast majority of the points that I've already researched and wanted to talk about. Um, but I wanted it to go a little deeper on certain topics. So it, it mentioned one of the most popular, so after the hang, dangers of DMP became clear, other drugs were developed as alternatives. One of the most popular was amphetamine, which was produced in the 1950s and was marketed as a weight loss drug under the brand name Diet Pills, which I was like, that can't be correct because you can't brand name something Diet Pills. So there, it, it does get things wrong. It does misread things and get things wrong. So it said it was under the brand name Diet Pills. So I was like, okay, let's expand on that. So the next question I asked was, write about 1950s diet pills. And it repeated that incorrect fact. One of the most popular diet pills in the 1950s was amphetamine, which was sold under the brand name Diet Pills. That's not correct. It's not a brand name. However, it you know also talked about dinitrophenol, DNP, which was produced in 1933. Um it also talked about fenfen, fenfluramine, and fentermine, which I had been reading about, which is also a type of amphetamine or like a synthetic amphetamine. Um, so great. I was like, okay, that's a little bit more. And then I said, write about diet pill lawsuits in the United States. Let's just see. Let's just see what, what we're doing. Um, and, you know, it didn't get too deep into most things, but it did talk about the fenfen lawsuits from 1997 at least briefly. And it talked about this 2017 lawsuit against um, the weight loss supplement Sensa, which I hadn't heard of. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll research that now because I hadn't heard of that. Um, I will note that I noticed a pattern where it would end every single five paragraph essay with a with a summary um, paragraph that starts with the word overall. Overall, the history of diet pills. Overall, the 1950s saw. Overall, diet pill lawsuits have been a frequent occurrence in the United States. So Again, it doesn't have the creative genius of a human. And if you were to submit all of these as like separate essays that you wrote for a college paper, a professor might take issue with that. And then I was like, okay, I wrote about this, but like, I'm also interested in like the exercise craze that started in the 1980s. So tell me about that. Uh, and, it, and it did a lot better than the other AI bot that I'm spending like $60 a month to use. Um, it talked about Jane Fonda's workout videos, the thigh master, Richard Simmons, um, a growing awareness of the benefits of regular exercise. Um, again, it doesn't get super deep, but I do think you can make it go deeper if you ask it more specific questions. And then I also noticed that it didn't mention anything about cigarettes, which were used in the early 1900s as weight loss aids. So I asked it to talk about cigarettes and it did a great job. 
Uh, early 20th century tobacco companies used in the United States began marketing cigarettes as a weight loss aid, um, especially to women, suggesting smoking could help them control their weight and stay slim. But then it said one example of this was the marketing of a cigarette called Reach for a Lucky instead of a Sweet. That wasn't the, this, it was Lucky Cigarettes using that as a slogan, Reach for a Lucky instead of a Sweet to market to women. So again, that's wrong. The, the cigarette was not called Reach for, so like it still gets things wrong. Um. But it creates it creates the writing in a way that you can easily go through and edit, and it takes it two seconds to write this. And then I, I'm also interested in Noom because this is like a modern day repackaging of diet culture by calling it, you know, like mental health based, but it's just bullshit. I downloaded Noom for one day and realized that it, part of the program was that you had to weigh yourself every single day, and I was like, I am. I'm out. Um, and then it, it talked about Noom and, and a lot of the controversies and lawsuits that Noom has faced, including one that I hadn't heard of that obviously I'm going to research because I don't know whether or not this is actually true. But if it is, it's brought to, to, to my attention. In 2021, a group of former employees filed a lawsuit against Noom alleging discrimination and harassment based on race, gender, and sexual orientation. I'm going to look into that. Okay, so then I'm also like, okay, how does it do when we're looking at the law. What are, what does it do when we, when we ask it to make legal arguments or talk about laws? Um, and there are, have been wrongful death lawsuits. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh my God. There have been wrongful death lawsuits brought against companies for weight loss drugs. So I said, <clears throat> write about wrongful death lawsuits related to diet pills. Um, and it talked about FenFen again, which was like not really correct. Um, but it did talk about a 2014 case where the family of a woman who died sued Hydroxycut, alleging it was responsible for her death. I hadn't heard about that one, so I'm going to look into that too. And then I decided, okay, but I wanted to write about the law. Explain the elements necessary for a plaintiff to be successful in a wrongful death claim. And it did something really, really interesting when I asked it this. Um, first of all, it wrote, it wrote it in a very accessible way. Um, in a way that would not fly if you were writing this for like a legal, like in law school, but is very helpful if I were writing this for a person who doesn't have a legal background because it said a plaintiff, the person bringing the lawsuit must prove several elements. These elements vary depending on the specific laws in the jurisdiction where the lawsuit is filed, but generally a plaintiff must prove the following. The defendant, the person being sued, owed a duty of care to the deceased individual. This means that the defendant had a legal obligation to act in a certain way in order to prevent harm to the deceased. For example, a manufacturer of a diet pill may owe a duty of care to consumers to ensure that the product is safe and effective. And that's where my mind was kind of blown. It perfectly took all of the questions I asked it previously and applied it to the law. Applied it to the legal standards that I asked it to lay out without me asking it to do that. It did that. And that is like law school level, maybe first year law school, but still law school level. That's what you're asked to do in law school. Take the elements, apply it to this case. Two, the defendant breached this duty of care. This means that the defendant failed to act in a way that would have prevented harm to the deceased. For example, a manufacturer of a diet pill may have breached his duty of care by failing to adequately test the product or by failing to warn consumers of the potential risks of taking the pill. 
the defendant's breach of this duty of care caused the death of the deceased individual. This means that the deceased would not have died if the defendant had not breached his duty of care. For example, a manufacturer of a diet pill may be found to have caused the death of a consumer if the consumer died as a result of taking the pill and the manufacturer had failed to adequately test or warn about the risks of the product. This is a little simplified version of, of breach and causation. Uh, like it wouldn't pass muster in a law school class, but it like it still applied the law in a, its most basic form to the facts of the case. The surviving family members of the deceased individual have suffered damages as a result of the death. This means that the family members have suffered some form of loss or harm, such as emotional distress or financial hardship due to the death of their loved one. For example, the surviving family members of a consumer who died after taking a diet pill may be entitled to damages if they can prove that they have suffered emotional distress or financial hardship as a result of the death. Again, overall, starts as final, but still. And then just repeats itself in like a generic conclusion. That blew my mind. Okay. Is it going to replace lawyers writing legal briefs? No, but it could certainly help lawyers writing legal briefs in a way no other AI that I've tried can. So yeah, that was wild. That was wild to me. So it builds off itself as you ask it more and more questions which is something that other AI does. Like in jasper.ai, like as you're writing a document, it will adopt your tone of voice. It will adopt, um, it'll take the information it's already read that's already that's above and apply it to what it's writing. Like other AI can do this, but not at this skill level in my experience. So that was wild. That was a wild experiment. And I'm saving this <laughs> because it's useful for me in planning my next video. Like that's how good this shit is. And this is like, like it, I literally typed in, explain the elements necessary. I typed in this sentence and this popped out in a couple seconds, a couple seconds. So, uh, it's a wild ride out there, people. And it's not hard to learn this stuff. I learned how to like use AI, this type of AI chat in like a day just to figure out like, okay, if I feed it this information, what will pop out? If I edit this here, what will pop out? If my voice is like the tone of my voice changes, like how does that change the writing? That took me about a day to learn. And kids obviously are super fast at learning technology. So their ability to use this type of tech to write essays is going to, it's going to be easy. They're going to figure it out in an instant. So I've seen a lot of people positing that it'll probably lead to a lot more in-class essays where it's like, here's a topic, write about it during this class period, like hand to paper. Um, but I've also seen people argue like, hey, it's not a, necessarily a bad thing because it gets it gets out like the the information and then it's up to the students to like edit it. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of ethical things about it. but. Um, there are also other ethical issues with this type of AI and, and like the art generating AI. Um, I was chatting recently with a law school pal, Paige. Hi, Paige, if you're watching. I, I might make a whole separate video on this because I don't, my thoughts are not fully formed. But there, there's a lot of IP issues when it comes to art that these can these um, AI generators can create because they are sifting through the internet and stealing the art of other creators and stealing their style and applying it to AI, or they're taking people's art and then putting it into AI, changing it somewhat, and then using it as their own, or 
they're taking images of humans of of people and putting it into AI and turning it into art and then using that without people's permission. And this relates to the Balenciaga video that I released yesterday on my main channel where we were talking about CP and AI generated CP and someone made the comment I don't remember who um that I thought was really interesting that was like okay yes maybe the CP is AI generated so it's not a picture of an actual existing individual however the AI robot has to scan a lot of content for it to know what that looks like. So it is using potentially CP to know how to generate CP. So there's a lot of just ethical IP issues. Um, so yeah, I can see AI being used like Wikipedia for class assignments. We aren't supposed to use it, but we all do for an outline and then go from there. Totally. I think, I think it'll be a really powerful tool for that. So yes, if 10 people ask, write the same statement or ask the same question, do you get 10 unique essays? You do. I don't understand how, but I saw someone else ask this question and someone who knew more about this than I do said, you get, yes, you will get 10 unique essays. So it's a whole new world, people. Okay. It's nine o'clock. Oh, okay. And then, okay, there's one other thing I wanted to mention about this. Some are scared about what AI could potentially lead to. Um, and there are some hyperbolic fears, but they're not like completely out of the realm of possibility. For example, there is an example on Vox, the news website. Um, Kelsey Piper at Vox said, took made one hypothetical example. A program is asked to estimate a number. It figures out that the best way to do this is to use more of the world's computing power to get to this number. The program then realizes that human beings are already using that computer power. So it destroys all humans to be able to estimate its number unhindered. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't really know how the AI bot would be able to figure out how to destroy all humans. But... It would probably know based on all the information on the internet that it has access to how much we rely upon, like, our electrical grids. <laughs> Maybe take it out. I don't know, man. It's a whole new world. And Lord knows the law is going to take a really long time to catch up to regulating whatever comes of this. So much more to come. Okay. And other important news I wanted to mention, and we're really not even going to be able to scratch the tip of the iceberg on this on this issue. Um Moore v. Harper was argued in front of the Supreme Court this week. That is the case that brings before the Supreme Court the independent state legislature theory. Um, which would give state lawmakers nearly unchecked power over federal elections. I would highly suggest checking out Strict Scrutiny. It is a podcast all about the Supreme Court. They did an episode a while back, probably like six months ago, called Debunking Independent State Legislature Theory. Highly recommend listening to that. It's people who are much smarter and more informed than me on this issue, talking about it in much more depth than I can. The gist of it, though, is that there is a clause in the United States Constitution. Uh, let me see. Let me see. 
where is that clause? Okay. Um, it's the presidential electors clause in article one. Uh, each state shall appoint. Okay. There's two, two relevant clauses. One is the elections clause, which is the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. But then there's a very important continuance of that clause. But the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations. Despite this, and despite pretty much all legal experts and historical experts saying there is no basis in law or fact for this theory, despite that, the independent state legislature theory has been espoused since the Bush v. Gore election in 2000, but it's taken a lot more steam since the 2020 election. To say that because of this clause, state legislatures have the final say as to how to hold and manage federal elections. The state constitution doesn't have a say, and the state courts can't enforce any state constitution around regulations of how elections, how federal elections are held in a state. It is completely up to the state legislature. And it's against the federal constitution for a state constitution or state court to interfere in the state legislature's whatever they want to do with federal elections. So it's basically this very weird carve out that says like this in this very one instance of federal elections, state legislatures get to do whatever they want and have no checks <laughs> other than the Supreme Court of the United States, basically. Because it would become not something that a state court could ever regulate or enforce. So any objections to the way that state legislatures are running the federal election would have to go to federal court, which would ultimately be decided by the, the Supreme Court. So it has the potential, if the Supreme Court goes by the way of deciding that this is like in its fullest extent, this is correct and true, that state legislatures should have full and ultimate control over how federal elections are run. And if there's any issues with it, it's appealed up to the Supreme Court. Not only would this give incredible power to the state legislatures to do whatever they wanted in federal elections, but it would also put a lot of power in the Supreme Court to make the final determinations. So it's the Supreme Court making a decision about whether or not the Supreme Court should have more power in one respect. It's also the Supreme Court making a decision about whether the states should have this power. And it's the Supreme Court making a decision based on what the, the framers of the Constitution thought and wanted. And from what I've read and heard, there is no basis in history to think that the framers meant for the state legislatures to have this kind of unbridled power over federal elections. And what this can mean, if the Supreme Court goes by the way of saying it's the it's all in the states, this could mean issues for gerrymandering. It could also, that's what this case up in the Supreme Court, Harper v. Moore, is about is gerrymandering. Moore v. Harper, I mean. Um, but it could also have issues with regards to federal elections, where if there is any claim of fraud Say in Wisconsin, for example, they use this example in the Strict Scrutiny podcast. In Wisconsin, say a Democrat wins the election, the popular vote, by like 2,000 votes, but they're claiming fraud and 2,000 of those votes need to be thrown out, therefore making that election null, it would give all the power to the state legislature to then pick its own electors and send them to Washington instead. 
So it's basically a, a, it's a theory that's a means to an end. It's not based on reality, fact, history, or anything written in the actual Constitution. Uh, it's it's a means to an end of Republicans being able to gain more control and smaller states and like minority factions within state legislatures pushing to have more control than they have. Um, I think if anything, this warrants a big old yikes. 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 So I highly recommend listening to that podcast episode to get more of a background on it. But and there are there are multiple ways the Supreme Court could come down on this. And there have been multiple interpretations of based on the justices questioning where they're all going to come down. So no one really knows. Um, but there's a, a multitude of ways they could come down. They could just dismiss it outright, which I feel like is unlikely. It's unlikely they're going to say that this is completely bunk. Um, but there are more limited scopes they could take where it's not going to mean that state legislatures have just like unfettered power. So um, we'll see. I believe that should probably have been under the um, the get me out of here banner. <laughs> <laughs> okay um let's see in other news in other news uh what do we got sunny balwani uh what's her face's co-conspirator theranos lady the blood lady you know who i'm talking about he got almost 13 years in federal prison for fraud he was sentenced he was sentenced okay um today the House is voting on the same-sex marriage bill that the Senate passed. It will likely pass. Go to go to go to Biden to be signed into law. It is not an absolute protection on same-sex marriage, but I guess it's a step in the right direction. Herschel Walker lost in Georgia. That was Georgia, right? I don't know why I'm second guessing myself. He lost the runoff vote, which now gives Democrats a 51-member majority in the Senate. Many Republicans are blaming Trump for Herschel Walker's loss, which you love to see. You love to see it. Though I'd say we could equally apply blame to Herschel Walker himself <laughs> for being a hot mess express, to say the least. Um, oh, okay. And then finally, today in New Things to Fear in Technology, continued, two women have sued Apple over AirTag stocking. One woman found an AirTag tracking device in the wheel well of her car and a second found one in her child's backpack. So these are being used to stalk people now, which any person with five fucking brain cells in their head could have predicted. And they just now have updated it. How old is this? Oh, okay. Well, it's not just updated, but apparently this lot. So this is from a couple days ago, but they updated the AirTag in February after concerns were raised about how it could be used to stalk people. Um, but it's apparently either still happening or this happened before they updated it. But two women sued Apple on Monday um, saying it, that the company had failed to heed warnings from advocacy groups and news reports. It's a proposed class action lawsuit in California because that's where Apple is located. It accuses Apple of failing to introduce effective safeguards that would prevent stalkers from using air tags to track people. The women said that the devices had been used by their former partners to track them. 
AirTags cost $29 and are about the size of a quarter. And they're meant to be used to track personal items like keys and wallets. You put it on your keys, you'll never lose your keys again. Sounds great. But if you have five fucking brain cells or any thought whatsoever to the safety of especially women, which most tech creators don't because they're all white men, you would have known that this would happen. Oh, you have one in your dog. Okay, that's a good idea, though. That's a good idea. But still, listen. It's fucked up. This is another thing with tech. There is always a way that new technology is used to exploit minorities, women, vulnerable people, children. <laughs> because humans are the fucking worst. They're the fucking worst. This open AI chat bot that I was just showing you, this thing, people have already figured out ways, despite the fact that the programmers have tried to limit its ability to, people have already figured out ways to make it say horrible shit, racist shit, bad things. Anyway. Yeah, there's find my phone. I mean, there's so many ways to stalk people digitally. And the this is a topic I'm especially passionate about. There's so many ways to harass and stalk people digitally, and the law has not kept up. CDA 230 protects most internet service providers from any sort of liability for anything that happens while using their devices or their services or their apps. Um, and usually women and minorities are hurt because of it. And the laws that are passed against like revenge porn, for example, um, cops don't know how to enforce them. Cops are woefully under trained generally with everything, but especially when it comes to tech-based crimes. Most of the time, unless a law has specifically been written about it, there isn't much that can be done. It's like if nothing bad has actually happened or what has happened makes you uncomfortable, but it doesn't rise to the definition of harassment or something, then there's not much that they can do or that anyone can do, unfortunately. Um, but there are states that are passing more progressive laws around revenge porn and internet-based stalking and harassment that cops just don't know about or don't understand how to apply. And so when you call them about it, because that's your first inclination, this person is stalking me, I'm going to call the cops. And you were to say, my ex put an air tag on my car and has been stalking me with it. The cop would probably be like, what's an air tag? <laughs> There's nothing we can do about that because X, Y, and Z. Like, they wouldn't know how to handle it. And that's my main concern when it comes to tech. Robots taking over the world and it making humanity extinct because it wants to calculate a number. Seems out of a sci-fi novel. Isn't entirely outside the realm of possibility, but is not my immediate concern when I think of all of these crazy tech advancements. So... And that's that. I wish I, <laughs> I wish I had a happier ending. I don't. I don't even have anything for consumption corner. I've just been working a lot, frankly. I haven't had really much time to consume. Honestly, consumption corner. Go listening to that strict scrutiny episode called "Debunking Independent State Theory." 
independent state legislature theory. So, right, if the cops can track it to the X, it's proof of stalking. Could the cops track it to the X? I don't know. Oh, Chris, thank you so much for the super sticker. I very much appreciate it. Um, yeah, God. Any good meals lately? Not really, but my birthday is coming up in like a month and a half, and I'm going out to dinner, and I'm going to a new place that I just heard of for the first time in South Minneapolis called Kaluna. It's a Laotian place that's very gluten and dairy-free friendly, and it looks fucking delicious. So if you've been, let me know. Or if you haven't, check it out. Oh, thank you so much for the hair compliment. I know it's it got shorter than I originally anticipated, but I, I am a big, a big fan. I, oh, uh, oh, Capricorn. Her, heavy Capricorn vibes around here. <laughs> heavy Capricorn vibes. Bubbles is great. She's currently asleep on the guest bed that is exists right to the my right. Um, she loves this bed. It's her it's her bed because like I don't have guests that often, which is why this is also my office. Um, and so she's the main person, human human being. My cat Bubbles is the main human being who sleeps there. And I of course put down a blanket for her to sleep on across the entire bed so that her hair wouldn't get all over it, and I could just take the blanket off when I did have guests. And she, because she's a bitch went right up to the head of the bed, moved the cover back that I put on, and snuggled up right in between both pillows. And that's where she's been laying for the last, like, two weeks. Getting hair all up in exactly where a future guest would put their face. Completely debunking my genius plan to put that blanket down in the first place. Rude. All right. Uh, we need to get to work. Okay, it is 9.20 in the morning on a Thursday. What are you guys doing? Okay. It's time to work. Um, I'll be back next week. I'm checking my calendar just to make sure. I will more than likely be back next week. There is a slight possibility that Monday I might need to cancel because I have a potential hearing that morning. But it might be postponed. Because that's how the law works. You schedule something and the likelihood of it being changed is very high. With the courts. I requested this change though, to be fair. Um, so I might not be here Monday morning. But I'll let you know. And if I am, I'll see you Monday morning. And if not, keep your eyes peeled for my new video next Wednesday. All about weight loss industry lawsuits. That's all I have to say. I hope you guys have a great Thursday. See you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Live with Leija. Reminder, you can catch me every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time over on my YouTube channel or catch the latest episode here in podcast form the afternoon after it airs. Don't forget to leave a review for the algorithms. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good day. Bye-bye.